Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Navigating COVID-19, Supporting Individuals with Dementia and Their Caregivers. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on June 23, 2020. In this podcast, Joseph Herrera, the Director of Outreach and Education at USC's Rancho CADC discusses supporting people with ADRD and caregivers at home during COVID-19. I am going to focus on um, strategies over for care managers that can use, be used to work with primary caregivers of a person with Alzheimer's disease and related dementia during the pandemic and also with the added stressors of staying at home orders and restrictions to avoid um, uh, exposure and how COVID, COVID uh, has also highlighted deficits and needs of the system and also presented with opportunities to improve uh, care delivery, uh, whether it is in person or through telehealth systems. So next slide, please. So. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the care for dyad. Dyad is uh, represented by the person who is a primary caregiver and the person who has Alzheimer's disease or related uh, dementia. It is very important that we look at them as um, the focus of the care that you as social workers, care managers, or healthcare systems provide for them. Um, so we need to identify who is a person with dementia, but also focus on the, the needs of the caregiver. So this is a little bit different and usual than the medical model that is not just patient-centered, uh, but patient-centric, with involvement of the family at the discretion and permission of the patient, of course. So given the lack of insight of the person with dementia, they may deny or resist involvement or assistance from family members or primary caregiver, but there's also a growing situation of persons with dementia who are alone, uh, have no family members uh, to assist them, and that presents a set of different challenges as well. So in case of uh, uh, care for the dyad, we're addressing the common normative situation where there's a family member or another person who has been identified as the primary caregiver for the person with dementia. So it's important to focus on, on uh, the couple as opposed to just the individual with uh, Alzheimer's disease. Next slide, please. So let's talk a little bit about uh, preventive measures for caregivers. So caregivers can help prevent COVID infection by uh, assisting the person with Alzheimer's disease and related dementia by posting um, written rem reminders related to hygiene around the house. Uh, so remind them to continually wash their hands and assist them in ways that are gentle and to uh, decrease the risk for um, aggression. Uh, observe physical distancing when outside of a house. That is a little bit of a challenge, but uh, it has to be done. Uh, cleaning and disinfecting all surfaces around the house, especially when there are uh, multi-generations living in the same household, and some of them, especially the younger uh, members, might come and go and touch sur surfaces around the house and make sure that everything is clean and disinfected. Um, and it's also important to remind caregivers to be um, hyper-vigilant about personal hygiene of the 
person with Alzheimer's disease and, and their own hygiene to, to make sure uh, that they decrease the risk of uh, uh, infection, uh, demonstrate proper hygiene practices frequently. For example, wash their hands uh, for 30 seconds or 20 seconds, uh, singing their favorite song. Uh, and there are people that like to play games around certain things and certain activities. So this is one of those where if caregivers are, don't think that they are creative, this is where the creative juices will start flowing because it is, uh, it is important to, to observe all the, the guidelines. Um, so as a care manager, it is important that you stay on top of that and, and remind caregivers to be gentle, but at the same time try to figure out how in creative ways they can observe physical um, aspects of staying healthy and avoiding transmission of, the, of COVID-19. Next slide, please. So uh, planning ahead um, for, to avoid the infection, so there's always a possibility, right? So we have to make sure, again, hypervigilance about infection and identify and designate who the caregivers are and, and if the alternative or, or alternate caregivers must um, observe uh, the rules as well, right? When they come in the house, ensure that they are not dealing with cold symptoms or fevers or, or things that might expose the, the caregiver and also the person with Alzheimer's disease. So who is the alternate caregiver? Ensure that they are um, aware. Ensure that, that you have uh, or the caregiver has the correct information uh, that is available. Uh, contact num numbers, email addresses, whether it is a relative or it is a uh, paid caregiver. Um, also, in case that uh, the primary caregiver uh, is infected or, or is exposed and develops uh, the symptoms, how are they going to be isolated? Can they isolate at home if uh, the alternate caregiver um, will take care of the primary uh, of the person with uh, Alzheimer's disease as their legal representative, uh, signing the power of attorney, updating living wills, all those things are very important. And, and uh, as somebody mentioned earlier, uh, this might be a new situation for a new caregiver who, because of moving into the home or because of the, of the recent diagnosis of um, Alzheimer's disease, or dementia in um, the family, they assume the role and they know absolutely anything about caregiving, uh, let alone about the disease and how that the progression affects the functioning of the individual. So you will receive further information about Document Toolkit uh, for caregivers at the end of the presentation uh, that um, the National Center on Advanced Person-Centered Practices and Systems has prepared for you. Next slide, please. So some of the things that are important uh, for the primary caregiver and you as a care manager uh, or even a health plan to develop guidelines or develop a plan to follow when dealing with a dyad. 
So it is important to urge and assist the primary caregiver in planning certain things and anticipating some of the changes. Again, we don't know necessarily that the person will uh, develop or be exposed to uh, COVID-19, but it is important that there is a plan in place to follow in case of. Um, so compile a guide for potential alternate caregivers, have that conversation with them, of course, all this should have been done before the person uh, loses capacity or at the time of a diagnosis. It's very important that when the person is diagnosed um, that all this documentation is put in place. Power of attorney for medical or durable power of, a, of attorney for medical decisions, uh, financial decisions if there are some assets involved. Um, medication management plan, what medication, how often, uh, how much, um, chronic illnesses or what illnesses the person is dealing with. Uh, so all that should be in place in a centralized place so that the primary caregiver has easy access to it in case of an emergency or the person uh, who is the alternate caregiver has access to it in case the caregiver um, needs to isolate or needs to, to go to the hospital or needs to go somewhere else. Uh, again, it's important to consider the location of the care primary caregiver and how if they become, um, uh, if, if they develop COVID-19, how the person with Alzheimer's disease or related dementia will be cared for where would the patient person uh, be cared for and who will care for that person? Very important to be part of the, the care plan. Next slide, please. So with COVID-19, um, it is important that because it is so uncertain what will happen or how things can happen, uh, it is very important that both caregivers and the person with um, uh, with uh, Alzheimer's disease or related dementia uh, have updated power of attorneys and healthcare directives. Um, a lot of the times, uh, especially I would say within African American and Latino community or communities of color as a whole, is very difficult to have those conversations. Most people um, feel that talking about possibility of death and dying is a little morbid and we try to stay culturally uh, away from that. But it is important to create advanced healthcare directives for both caregiver and the person with Alzheimer's disease and related dementia. Uh, that will help the either the caregiver, the alternate caregiver, and will avoid a lot of legal issues uh, in the future. So it's important to identify who the legal representatives will be, uh, including primary caregiver, alternate caregivers, um, organize all documentation that may require, living trust, advanced directives, power, power of attorney, um, wills, anything uh, that has to do with medical history, medical care, uh, and, and, and that will be a toolkit that is developed that includes all the, the parents, uh, the person with Alzheimer's disease uh, history as well. Um, and the identification of a person with um, 
who will take care of a person in case the person with uh, Alzheimer's disease becomes ill as well. Next slide, please. So in this section, um, we will look a little bit at what to do if the primary caregiver is exposed to COVID. So if the caregiver develops COVID infection, um, it, of course there's a need for immediate isolation to avoid contact with the person with Alzheimer's disease and avoid uh, getting them sick as well. Uh, contact the alternate caregiver as well uh, so that they can take over the care. Uh, be aware that bringing somebody into the home increases the risk of exposing uh, the person with Alzheimer's disease. But um, so they will require, they check their temperature before entering the home, uh, require to wear the mask uh, uh, at all times within the house, uh, determining if they have been exposed or exposed to anyone else who has tested positive for COVID, and ensuring that there's uh, um, hand washing when entering the home and, and throughout the day. Um, and also suggesting that they disinfect any frequently touched surfaces just to be safe. Next slide, please. So conversely, what should um, happen when the person with uh, Alzheimer's disease becomes exposed? Uh, so in the event a person becomes exposed um, by the by the or, or stressed by the person, the, the primary caregiver. They're apart from the, the typical caregiver. And they know they notice that. So how do you deal with those those issues? So provide insurance to uh, have the person contacted by phone, phone conversations, or maybe uh, through a um, video chat or something, so that the person can be present and assure the person with Alzheimer's disease that they are there, uh, that they are away, but, um, you know, the, so that they can keep the person calm and um, without any behavioral outbursts. Uh, and remember that the person with Alzheimer's disease doesn't have the same sense of time that we do as uh, that is actually affected by, by the dementia. Uh, next slide, please. So what should care managers do to assist um, and what are some of the, the considerations for health plans and, and providers? So health plans and providers can help assist caregivers of adults with Alzheimer's disease and related dementia in the response to COVID, um, provide support in, um, to lessen the, the caregiver burden uh, you need to identify some of the needs that they have, uh, cultural needs, uh, religious needs, um, family uh, dynamics needs. What are uh, other stressors that are uh, affecting the care now at home? And then uh, help develop um, a plan to manage uh, the daily routines and integrate some of the new things that they are going to have to do well they have uh, the person with Alzheimer's disease at home uh, to make it easier and, and decrease their, uh, the caregiver stress, but also the stress uh, and, the, and the probability of the person with Alzheimer's disease to become a little, um, a little uh, un, uh, 
to have some some behavior issues. So especially we talked a little bit about providing support for first-time caregivers, so identifying uh, what are some of the considerations that you can give first-time givers? What is some of the advice that you can give them given that they practically do not know much about the condition or haven't dealt with uh, this issue before? And identifying considerations related to cultural competence. Uh, so know who your patient is, know who your caregiver is uh, at a cultural level and what are some of the uh, traditions, family traditions, and some of the issues that they deal with on a daily basis. Uh, next slide, please. So I think it's also important in supporting the caregivers to recognize that they are having an increased burden during this time. Uh, so help them address possible, it, it, identify what are their stressors, what is, uh, are they depressed, are they getting more anxious than usual, what are some of the things that you can do to lessen that. Um, use a coach, coach uh, coaching modeling uh, to help develop responses to the person with ADRD. Uh, so you can, you can model for them how to respond when there are some things that they feel they lost their patience or they feel that, that their own anxiety is being triggered by the behaviors uh, being displayed by the person with Alzheimer's disease. Uh, encourage them to stay in contact with family and friends, um, um, to share some of the responsibilities and that for, with the people that uh, live uh, in the home. And if they don't live at home, then how do you stay in, to stay in contact with them so that they can also uh, be able to ask for needs or accept needs if somebody is asking uh, or offering assistance um, and adjust the expectations. Understanding the infection control protocols like proper hand washing will be extremely difficult uh, to achieve with um, the population of uh, people dealing with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's disease. Um, okay, so let me see. Next slide, please. So, um, it is important for care managers to develop a relationship with the primary caregiver and that um, I learn to identify the, the physical and emotional needs of the person as they are taking care of a person with Alzheimer's disease uh, so that you can provide a better care plan for them. Um, next slide, please. So the care manager can uh, support primary caregivers by assisting in the developing of uh, in-home activity plans. So what does the person with Alzheimer's disease like? Do they like arts and crafts, painting, playing music, gardening? What are some activities that, that you can assist um, them, the caregiver, to develop a plan so to avoid some of those uh, behaviors? Uh, next slide, please. Um, it is important to understand that it is not easy for the caregiver, that some family members have taken care, uh, again, have taken on caregiver responsibilities for the first time. So provide education for them, share tips on how to discuss potential sensitive topics uh, like finances, paying bills, uh, medical care, appointment representation, and all that information. Um, let's 
skip uh next slide if we can skip it next slide if we can skip it <laughs> um so in the event that a um a COVID diagnosis is given to the person with uh, Alzheimer's disease, determine any potential cultural considerations by identifying any religious beliefs that provide uh, providers should cons take consideration of, including uh, what is the family composition, what are the family dynamics, the beliefs and health uh, based on religious, the power of prayer, identify multi-generational households and the possibility of multiple family caregivers so who is the the person that would be the, the representative or the spokesperson for the family and determine legal representations um or representative of the person thank you for listening this podcast is presented by the lewin group and is supported through the medicare and medicaid coordination office at the centers for medicare and medicaid services MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.